Hello, my name is Christina, and this is the Home for Wayward OCs. This is a podcast where a guest and I talk about our original characters, the good, the bad, and the self-inserts. And today, our guest is Ryan. How are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you doing? Let's just go with okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay is very good with the state of things, so uh, yeah, okay yeah. is good. Yeah, I I received the sad news today that... um. We're recording this the day before Animal Crossing comes out worldwide. Oh no! Yes, and I uh, and I received the news today at work that I'm going to have to go into work at six a.m. on Saturday morning. Oh no! That's like pr- prime Animal Crossing time. Yeah, it's it's the worst. But the only disadvantage, aside from the fact that I'm going to have to be awake criminally early on a Saturday morning, mm-hmm. is that I'm not going to be able to drink the exact drink that I would like to enjoy when I play Animal Crossing tomorrow night. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. But all, all of that aside, we're not here mm-hmm. to talk about how my work impacts my, my video game <laughs> habits, which is negatively. Well, that That's generally the point. Yeah. We're here to talk about original characters. Mm-hmm. Who are we talking about today, Ryan? Uh, so we are going to be talking a bit about my character, Elena Swan. Uh, from the role-playing game uh, Beyond the Wall. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. This is not a system that I am super familiar with, so can you give me like a three-sentence summary of how uh, Beyond the Wall like works, like both maybe yeah. mechanically and narratively? If okay. you need to go over three sentences, that's also fine. I just, <laughs> I, I try to keep like the focus on the characters, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, it's basically take D&D, um, strip out a lot of the, the really clunky rules, and uh, you have Beyond the Wall. Mm-hmm. Uh, basically, the premise of it is you are from a small village. Uh, mm-hmm. You get to create the village together during character creation oh, um, as, as a group, and decisions you make on your character's background actually impact what sort of NPCs are in the village, what sort of buildings and shops are in the village, that sort of stuff. Okay. Um, so you're you're confined to this village, and then one day you have to go beyond the wall to save your village, adventure, whatever have you. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, re- that's really interesting, and I like that there's a little bit of element of, I guess you could say, like, a civilization in there. Yeah. It's it's really uh, a nice RPG because you get that that those slice of life moments, mm-hmm. which are kind of missing sometimes when you're anchored to this small village, and the NPCs that you're creating while you're creating your characters, you mm-hmm. become very attached to them, especially the ones that you create yourself. Oh yeah. So now you're you're going around town and you're like, oh yeah, hey, there's the baker, the the person that I helped mm-hmm. create. I'm going to go talk to the baker and then maybe get a Danish or something. You might even say, there goes the baker with their tray like always. <laughs> the same old bread and rolls to sell. Uh-huh. But on, on a serious note, I do really like that as because I am someone who who is a noted um, expander of backstories. And yeah. we, we probably can touch on this like further into the discussion about Elena, but I wanted I wanted to comment on how that is a good mechanic for games. Oh, absolutely. And and collaborative world building uh, I have found to be personally one of the most like 
grabbing features of any game. Mm -hmm. uh, if you have collaborative world building in there, then basically all the players are going to buy in to your oh, world yeah. instantly. Yeah, that is that is very true. Mm -hmm. So, would you yes. like to jump into it and talk about Elena? Okay, so Elena Swan is the daughter of the noble family in town. Uh, this family, the Swan family, is run by the, uh, the matriarch of the family, the grandmother, uh, who is a very shrewd businesswoman. Mm -hmm. um, the, the Swanholm village, which is where they have their home, um, is that the name of the village, Swanholm? That is Swanholm, yep, okay. H-O-L-M. Okay. Uh, it is uh, it's just a small fishing village, but it's like at a very strategic location in the world where it opens up right into the ocean, mm -hmm. and the main river goes right to one of the major cities, uh, oh, okay. just, just a few uh, you know days away travel. Okay. So, so there's a lot of trade that comes through there. So the, the Swan family uh, set up a lot of trade in this area and became extremely rich. Mm -hmm. And Elena is the youngest daughter in this fairly large family. Um, okay. She's about 18 years old when her story starts. And basically everybody else, of uh, everyone uh, she's related to is older than her. She's always kind of been... Uh, I guess neglected and 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 just left alone, left to her own whims. I guess because all of the other siblings are doing business stuff, she never showed like a lot of interest in the business stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, but she showed a lot of interest in the people. Okay. In the town. So she would sneak away and and visit the people in the town and get to know them and and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that's basically kind of where her story started. It was it was just trying to get to know people in the town. She learned all sorts of things from different people. Uh, yeah. She learned how to use a, a sword from one of the other characters in the party, who is a okay. who's a retired veteran of the army. Mm -hmm. And so he he taught her um, kind of in secret because it was kind of frowned upon for. For the Swan family to to put up arms, I guess you could mm -hmm. say they they um, don't sell you themselves with martial affairs. They pay people right. to do that for them. Exactly, exactly. And you know the the barracks are full with uh, loyal Swans folk that uh, that are just wanting to to keep the village safe and to keep the trade going. Okay. Mm -hmm. What when you said that she learned a lot of different stuff from the various villagers was yeah. that was that mostly in line with like like different kinds of skill sets, working mm -hmm. with tools, manufacturing. Was she learning like languages? I think you mentioned. Uh, I think you mentioned at some point that she learns a bit about magic. Yeah, so uh, she dabbled in the magic arts. Um, mechanically, she's able to to cast cantrips or rituals. Okay. Um, she can't do like magic proper, uh, just because that's that's just the nature of her class. But um, it, if you're looking at the the book itself, it's a uh, she's basically a multi class rogue mage. Okay. Combo. Okay. Um, so she's sneaky. Uh, she's pretty good with a sword. Mm -hmm. uh, she can wear decent armor, and she can uh, cast some cantrips and and uh, some rituals. Okay. 
Yeah, nice. so she learned a bit of everything in her curiosity um, mm -hmm. and learned a lot from uh, others in the village. Every village has a village witch, um, which is kind of like, uh, you know, the, the person that helps heal others, that takes care of uh, any births. Uh, that yeah, sort hedge of witch. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. So uh, she could probably learn a bit from her as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's that's all really interesting. I, I like the image of Elena, you know, like, at, you said she started the story at 18, so I like maybe like 12 or even like 8, like wandering around like, hi, can you teach me something cool? I'm bored. I know. Uh-huh. Yeah. And she's, her, her charisma stat is the highest it can be in the game. Yeah. So I imagine she's just charming everybody and just saying, you know, hey, uh, you know, my family's over there doing everything and... And I just want to be your friend. And mm -hmm. the people kind of love her for wanting to be more personable with them. Okay. Th this may be something that comes up later on in the conversation. Um, has you, The Swan family is, is pretty isolationist, it sounds like. Pretty removed from current events or current affairs of Swanholm. Um, for the most part. I mean, they they're they have their fingers in the business portion of it. So mm -hmm. the money keeps coming in and they keep things uh, up to date. They keep uh, things, uh, you know, in good repair. The The roads are in decent shape, all that sort of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. So they take care of the people, but they don't, they don't mingle with the people per okay. se. Um, her siblings are usually off wandering the world, looking to strike business deals or, or what have you. Um, okay. So they're not home all that often. Mm -hmm. um, she probably had a, a more of a relationship with the, the servants of the household uh, in the manor where she lives um, rather than, you know, her actual parents. Yeah. Um, she does have a good rapport with some of her siblings. Oh, good. That's um, good to is, hear. Yeah. So, so it's not like she's entirely removed from her family. Mm -hmm. Um, and her parents do love her. The, it's it's not like they don't love her. It's just they, they're they're more focused on trying to uh, improve the the family's estates and mm -hmm. and the wealth, and um, that kind of goes hand in hand with the grandmother. So her, her parents love her. They're just not good at parenting, is what yeah, it sounds like. Pretty much, yeah. It. I, I get the feeling that her parents kind of left a lot of that to, uh, like, maybe a maid or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody to, to take care of the, the kids uh, while they are off doing uh, finance stuff or what have you. Yeah, that is, uh, that's that's always sad to hear, but it's not, I know it's not uncommon. <laughs> right, exactly. In fantasy and in real life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Um, uh, honestly, we haven't explored it too much in play yet, mm -hmm. um, because we've been going on a lot of, uh, interesting adventures. Yeah. Uh, cause a lot of the focus, uh, when you're playing the game is going beyond the borders of your village, mm -hmm. um, and then trying to explore that and try to save your village from whatever threats are out there. Okay. So it's, I want to make sure that I'm getting this right. Yes. It's very much so a game... I mean, it sounds pretty similar to like a a video game. Like you have you have your home base, mm -hmm. and at the end of every quest, you get to save the game, and then you wake up the next morning back in the village. 
Yeah. What's really cool is uh, between each session or each arc, mm -hmm. uh, you get to roll on these random tables of interesting events that happened during okay. the downtime. So okay. uh, between our first and second session, uh, we had random events that were related to uh, fairies. Interesting. Um, and so every event had something to do with fairies. Mm -hmm. um, I rolled uh, an encounter with a fey hound, which is like okay. a which is like a big dog with antlers. Okay. And since my charisma was so high, I easily passed my charisma check. Mm -hmm. And this fey hound basically adopted Elena as as a family. Oh, so that's now, good. So now Elena's got this familiar fey hound who's got the ability to track anything perfectly. Ooh. Um, which has come in handy uh quite a lot. Um, I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, what what's funny is uh, between sessions, first I studied this magic book that we found on the last adventure that mm -hmm. had some rituals in it. So I studied this bind familiar ritual that yeah. allowed me to summon a woodland creature uh, that has some magical properties to it. So I summoned a panda ferret. Nice. Um, and this panda ferret, I, I had to spend one whole season with it. Mm -hmm. And in that season, uh, it had to stay by my side the whole time. So we became very good friends. Mm -hmm. um, and I named it Pan Pan. Nice. Yeah. Now I have to ask, is Pan Pan kind of like an Avatar The Last Airbender kind of a cross between a panda and a ferret? Or is it like... No, or are there's... they like a like a, a ferret with panda markings? Or <laughs> Yeah, there's, there's actually a type of ferret that has like a slight panda coloring to okay. it um that's okay. why they call them panda ferrets nice. um yeah my my first thought was like cat but oh that's too cliche but then i was like what's also super cute but kind of unusual and i'm like oh ferrets so that's very true um so what what i love about having such a small like adorable creature uh as a familiar is she wears this this nice hooded cloak and normally her okay. hood's down and Pan Pan rides in her hood like, on, on her shoulder, which is such an adorable, like, image. Oh, yeah. that That is very cute. And plus, then, if someone tries to grab Elena from behind, they're going to get a handful of uh, ferret fang. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, so it's really it's really a lot of fun. Um, she named the uh, the fey hound Viri uh, because they're a little green. So short Aww. for viridescent. Nice. Um, and yeah, it's it's just this uh, really fun little gathering of animals that she's happened upon, effectively. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Maybe Elena will get her own Pokemon team at some point. I know, right? It's it's almost like that. Got to catch them all. Uh, it's it's really funny because like now I can send Pan Pan up a tree to look around. Uh, yeah. And I can look through Pan Pan's eyes and see our surroundings, and then. We can figure out where we're going. Mm -hmm. um, or Viri can track anybody. So if we if we find the scent of something or see something, Viri can lead us right to them. Nice. Yeah. So there, there's a lot of interesting utility um, yeah. with these companions too. That That's very narratively convenient and also mechanically a blessing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, plus Elena is just like over the moon, like able to 
give pets to these things uh, yeah. anytime she wants and and she's just really happy about that mm-hmm. you mentioned that you did interludes in between sessions yeah so would you like to talk about like the the first session that you had with playing as elena with the rest of your party yeah absolutely like, what kind of fun if what kind of fun uh shenanigans did y'all get up to <laughs> so the the interlude before we even started um mm-hmm. involved uh ghost horses running through town um and that was just kind of spooky okay um and we were like well hmm that's strange this has never happened before it didn't hurt anybody thankfully mm-hmm. but it was uh, very spooky uh so we we decided to figure out what the heck was going on Mm-hmm. Um, there were some other happenings that I, I forget the details of, but it all pointed to, uh, this, this ancient, uh, kind of like, uh, it was called the Barrow Downs. It was this old burial ground for, yeah. uh, royalty and whatnot. From, yeah. I've read and, a Lord of the Rings. <laughs> yeah. So it was an old, older civilization. Mm-hmm. Um, and we had to go there and investigate what was going on there. Okay. And uh turns out this ancient king was reanimating himself and was uh uh about to basically rule the the world with his reanimated uh you know people. Huh. <laughs> so so we kind of had to stop that. Yeah, I mean, that sounds like that was a good idea. Uh-huh. It, yeah, it was it was a, it was a really fun uh, experience playing somebody that that kind of felt she was in over her head, mm-hmm. but knew she had to step up yeah. to to try to protect both her friends and her her family and villagers uh, back home, mm-hmm. uh, because she knew since it's so close, this would be kind of the first place that they would go to. Okay. Yeah. So I realize this episode is not about them, but would you be willing to give a little bit of a context as to the rest of your party? Like, Absolutely. What, what are their names like? What are all of their connections to Elena? How do they get along? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the the actual people that I play with um, are my best friend since uh, first grade, Aww. Uh, which is from the, the mid 80s. Um, so that's showing my age a little bit. Um, and his friends and, uh, my best friend's daughter and uh, his friend's daughter's daughter. So we've got, uh, two kids that are playing the game ages eight and nine. Um, so the, that gives you a little bit of idea of the rules complexity is not that high. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, it's a game that can be tailored towards, uh, younger folks playing the game as well, which is really cool. Um, I absolutely love uh, having that family-friendly sort of uh, atmosphere to to play with kids. Yeah, as a, as someone who listens to uh, several actual play uh, podcasts, a family-friendly game is not maybe not as rare as you'd think, but definitely not as publicized as it could be. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's that's part of the reason why. Um, when I, when I started character creation cast, uh, the podcast, mm-hmm. uh, myself and Amelia Antrim are doing, um, I said from the beginning, we got to do this family friendly 
Um, Mm -hmm. We can maybe push the boundaries a little bit with uh, like what type of content we're talking about. But, um, you know, it, it basically keep it PG or, or, or better. Um, and it's, it's hard when you want to listen to podcasts with your family or your kids mm-hmm. and you, you just can't because, you know, you know, every, every other word is something that they, they shouldn't be repeating or, or mm-hmm. hearing about, or the, the content is very mature. Yeah. You, you never know exactly what kind of tangents the Macaulay's are going to lark off into. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Generally highly recommended, but definitely not for people below, say, high school age. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but we've gotten a lot of comments about people that have listened with their kids and, and really mm-hmm. enjoy it. And, and they are all, all learning together these different game systems and whatnot that we take care of. So a uh, big, big proponent of family friendly. Respect. Mm-hmm. So you wanted to know a bit about the other characters, uh, yeah. not just the players. So uh, one of the, one of the daughters uh, is playing a, a mage, a human mage by the name of Blackhawk. Okay. Uh, so she is the student of the dark arts playbook. Um, and basically, uh, she's she's pure magic casting, so she can cast any type of magic. Okay. Um, and when question here? Yeah. Uh, when you say dark arts, are we talking about like Final Fantasy esque spells that are more focused on damage? Are we talking like Harry Potter dark arts? That- uh, necromantic breaking the laws of the universe kind of a thing it's it's a little kind of muddy there and what they mean by that um it's it's uh some of the more um like she can banish undead is one of her spells so she's able to do that um always comes in handy yeah uh she's got uh like a a second sight that she can do which is uh, just kind of uh, spooky, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So a lot of it's kind of spooky, but also uh, a little bit more on the, I guess you could say, damage utility side of things. Okay. Um, but so that's Blackhawk. Yeah, so that's Blackhawk. Uh, she's uh, she's uh, fourteen years old when we started the adventure. So nice. Um, and then the retired veteran I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. Um, he is Manfred. Uh, he's an elder, so he's like in his mid twenties. Okay. Um, elder is a specific type of uh, character type. You can only have one elder in the group at a time. Interesting. Um, because they they start at level two instead okay. of level one. Okay. Yeah, it's it's an interesting way that they they allow for the characters to be created here. Um, but yeah, he's the he's the guy that taught Elena how to use a sword. Oh, and, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so he's he's basically our tank. He can take a lot of damage and he can dish it out for sure. Yeah. So we we kind of stay behind him a lot in in battles, especially. I don't like, blame you, given that uh, given that so far two people in this party are teenagers. Uh huh. Uh, everybody except for him is technically. <gasps> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah. So the the next character we have is Plinkin the halfling vagabond 
uh, who is, uh, I want to I say late teens, uh, very plucky and uh, really, uh, she is a person likes, likes to travel mm-hmm. and she likes to collect stories. Okay. And uh, she's she's almost kind of like a bard adjacent in terms of like telling stories, acting, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's gathering stories across the land and and she she likes to uh, inspire people okay. with that sort of stuff. Uh, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and our last character is Dana, mm-hmm. the Elven Ranger. Um, so she's a rogue mage, uh, wood elf. So, okay. So how, how my character is a rogue mage where I can only cast cantrips and rituals. Her okay. character is a rogue mage in that she can only cast, I think it's rituals and magic or cantrips and magic. It's one of those two combinations. Okay. So she's missing one and I'm missing one. And I think together we could cast all three if we wanted to. Nice. Um, which is really cool. And uh, she's a good friends with um, with Blackhawk. Mm-hmm. And she's the only, she's one of two elves in the village. Oh, okay. So okay. El- elves are kind of rare. And um, in the village, there's another elf who I think is the baker, if I remember Aww. correctly. Um, and... It's really interesting because in this game, elves are considered like king of the or rulers of the fae. So any fairy folk that happen upon an elf will consider them um, kind of in charge of the situation. Okay, so does does Viri then does Viri always consider? Uh, does he always can or? They do they always consider Elena to be a you know liege lord or uh, does Viri's loyalty like veer towards hey uh, veer towards uh, Dana's allegiance? Uh, oddly enough, it's uh, Viri is fully loyal to Elena. Ah, good. Um, yeah, so there there's never been any question there. Um, but the, one of the adventures that we did involved a lot of fairies. So mm-hmm. when we met with a, a rogue band of fairies that was causing mischief in the village, uh, they regarded Dana only, and the rest of us were just like basically Dana's servants at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so it was helpful that we had an elf in there. Uh, I was fairly confident I could have handled things diplomatically. Um, with my charisma being so high, but um, I really wanted Dana's character to shine, so um, I left the spotlight on her. Yeah, that is uh, that is that's always good to hear. Mm-hmm. It's it's always good to hear about have having people who are conscientious players. Yeah, uh, I mean that's one of the things that we talk about a lot on on character creation cast in our um, player advice episodes. Um, is is you know, be respectful and pass the spotlight and try not to, to hug it for yourself because, you know, if, if you're helping everybody else shine, you're going to shine as well. Mm-hmm. I was going to try and come up with a song lyric to accurately express my approval for for the attitude that you and Amelia take <laughs> on mm-hmm. character creation because I think, I, I think that is a very good point, especially when your party includes people who are 
I'm assuming pretty much newcomers to tabletop games in general, yeah. and also they're kids. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it playing with them is such a joy because mm-hmm. um, when they have their attention in the game, uh, they're 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 super into it, and mm-hmm. when we help their character shine, they get even more into it, and f- uh, fostering that sort of love for the game at that age, yeah. It, it's going to help them so tremendously in life because um, I think of any sort of activity you can do, role-playing is the one that teaches the most empathy uh, if done right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the whole point of empathy is being able to understand where someone is coming from, which is obviously a very a very helpful ingredient when it comes to role play when you're being able to put yourself into those different roles when Mm -hmm. it comes to acting when it comes to literally any kind of pretending that something else is going on yeah things happening and and not only that it's it's a safe space to to kind of dive into uh topics that might be of interest to you or even um, to learn about failure, to learn about mistakes without any real big consequences, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to learn that, you know, sometimes the luck doesn't go your way. Life doesn't go your way. And you, mm-hmm. can, you can still come out on top or you can still have a good time. Yeah. All that is, all that is very true and I agree with it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out where I want to, like, where where we can go next. Just because it's like... <laughs> It's it's just it's good to have like nice conversations about mm-hmm. how to create helpful role playing environments and stuff. Mm-hmm. We've we we have covered so much interesting stuff on that topic on character creation cast. Um, we mm-hmm. if anything, uh, people should probably listen to our session zero episode. Yeah. Um, because that goes over how to get together as a group. And how to um, basically plan to have the most fun you can possibly have in the game together. Um, okay. It goes over a little bit of how to be safe at the table. Um, it goes over how to um, communicate with with the person in charge. Or I want to. I, I guess I don't want to say the person in charge. The the GM. Yeah. The um, wh- whoever is doing the planning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, as we all know, so often the person who's doing the planning is not the one who ends up in charge of the action. Absolutely, and it it's it's changing nowadays. Like the the players are having a lot more agency in the way that things go in games. Um, so, really, the GM is is mostly going with the flow, and okay. and a lot of the the games. Um, there, there's a type of system called Powered by the Apocalypse, uh, which is very oh, popular. I'm very familiar with Powered by the Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, um, and and in that, it's it's, I'd say just as surprising when you're the GM in those games mm-hmm. because you have no idea what's happening until it happens. Yeah, in, in almost all cases. There, there's a few exceptions. Uh, I know Monster of the Week is uh, really relies on planning out the mysteries and stuff. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, games like Masks, where you're playing superhero uh, drama, that type yeah. of stuff, 
uh, that, that sort of stuff can really go off the cuff and not really have any planning. Get off the rails. <laughs> oh, definitely off the rails. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, I mean, that's a hallmark of tabletop games in general. Like yeah. that, that at any given time, depending on how the dice roll or the yep. cards fall or whatever, that so many things can happen at any given point. And that that kind of the possibility for spontaneity and like unplanned events happen is is probably what draws a lot of people to playing it like oh, i'm absolutely. not i'm not excluding myself from that uh-huh yeah and uh there there's a lot of different ways to play um and i know that there's some people that just plan every minute detail like oh what if the players do this what if the players mm-hmm. do this but if you do that I guarantee within the first half an hour, you're going to be throwing out your notes and just saying, why do they even prepare? Because mm-hmm. players will take it in interesting directions almost every single time. I I very wholeheartedly agree with you. <laughs> Absolutely. So speaking of spontaneity, um, mm-hmm. I, thought, I thought of a fun and interesting question. Oh, there you go. What is something that either the party has done in a in a game session or to surprise the gm dm game planner mm-hmm. or what is something that elena has ended up doing that has surprised you that maybe you hadn't cons- that you hadn't considered or planned out or th- or even like consciously thought about okay um i might... feel free to take those in whichever order you want cuz i realize i just threw uh-huh. Two two pretty big <laughs> ones at you. <laughs> yeah, those are some pretty big questions. Okay, so I've got an answer for one of them. So something surprising that the group did um, that um, our game master, uh, my best friend, uh, didn't anticipate mm-hmm. was we were traveling through this swamp. We were trying to get to this uh, this ancient. Uh, we didn't really know what it was at the time, but it turned out to be this maze. Okay. And we had to get to this maze so we could get to the statue. Uh, mm-hmm. So this statue could uh, give us this like relic of some sort mm-hmm. uh, so that we could bring this relic back to uh, the, the aforementioned fairy gang, I guess you could say, um, so that they would leave us alone. Yeah. Um, in the swamp on the way there... Uh, we saw what was remnants of like the tree branches higher up being broken, um, like large paths of kind of destruction, mm-hmm. which uh, we had sussed out to mean like maybe an ogre or, or um, a, giant. a giant of some sort. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so we were like, okay, we better be careful. They're going this way. We're going this other way. There's a good chance we won't hit each other, but you never know. Yeah. Well, uh, we thankfully noticed that this giant or, or ogre, I can't remember exactly what it was, was coming at us. We heard it first. Mm-hmm. We had um, three horses with us and uh, five party members, I think it was. Okay. We... Uh, all decided to hide to try to get out of this way. Yeah. We, we all succeeded our hide checks. Yeah. Except for um, 
Plinkin, who was hiding with the horses, all three mm-hmm. horses. So Plinkin had a minus 10 to the, the roll. Was that because of the horses or is it that because, because of the horses? Because okay. if the horses were not hidden well, the horses would be seen. They would give everyone away. Yeah. So Plinkin missed it by one. Um, and there's a help out mechanic in the game. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the other players, which is actually um, Pl- Plinkin's player's husband in real life, uh, Manfred. Manfred was like, no, you're a little out in the open, a little bit further that way. Gave her a plus two to her role and then basically made her succeed. Mm-hmm. And and then every single one of us succeeded the hide check. Yeah. And this giant came running in, like sniffing around, like growling, baning on the ground because he knew something was back here. He wanted something. Yeah. And uh, Nothing down here except for us rocks and trees. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. He even hit one of the trees um, that one of the characters hid in. I think it was Dana the elf. Oh, no. Um, And she succeeded her dexterity save to stay in the tree. So this thing gave up and booked it, kept kept running. And we were, like, on the edge of our seat. Yeah. And he's like, I don't know how you all succeeded <laughs> your high <Yep>. checks. <laughs> That's just how the dice roll, baby. I know. Um, And he said, you know, I think he might have been a little too powerful for your group. And I'm pretty sure there would have been casualties if you did fight him directly. So I'm kind of glad it went that way. And we're like, yeah, us too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Meanwhile, all the party members are sitting there like, okay, deep breathing, get the heart rate down. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Oh, and we were feeling it as players too. Yeah. Um, it, it was very well played. Um, and, uh, that's, that's one of the, the scenes that I don't think I'll be able to forget just because of like the intensity of the, the moment. Yeah. Um, so, so that's, that's an answer for one of your questions. Um, something surprising that Elena had done though. Um, I think what surprised me, um, and this is. I, sh- I should probably preface this, but uh, I'm not going to because it's just funnier that way. Okay. Um, she helped get the horses off the roof of the stables after the fairy put them up there. Okay. <laughs> are, are the are the fairies John Mulaney? <laughs> they were very mischievous. Yeah. They they just they just wanted to cause mischief. They put the horses on top of the stables and nobody knew how to get them down. Um and. Okay. And there was, uh, you know, some other just weird mishaps around town, people misplacing things or people having pranks done to them or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the horses and the stables were just so weird. Like, yeah. uh, people were like, we're just so tired of bringing food up to them. We're like, well, let's just get them down. But mm-hmm. um, the way that uh, Elena took charge and uh, kind of took on this leadership role, she she talked to the captain, the guard, she talked to some other guards, she got people organized uh, she mm-hmm. she got some carpenters uh, to to nail together some some planks to build a ramp and yeah and and we built a ramp to get the horses down um, and it was just this this image of her um, instead of just being a friend of the people being a leader of the people mm-hmm. um, kind of surprised me 
I I I really enjoyed that uh that that moment she she kind of started coming out of her shell as um I'm I'm not just the daughter of the Swan family. I'm I'm a friend of the people and mm-hmm. you know I can I can lead these people um to safety. Yeah. And that's kind of what she's uh she's been doing ever since. That's very good. Yeah. So here's like here's an extremely far-reaching question then. Okay. Um acknowledging that this is a game and a campaign that is still ongoing. Yes. And so there is lots of room for things to happen that might oh, yeah. change this. But where where do you see Elena at like the theoretical end of the campaign? Oh, goodness gracious. Like blue sky. What do you think mm-hmm. she would be what do you think she'd be happy doing? Where could she end up if she stays in Swansholm? Well, I think she she's kind of getting um the 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 hero bug, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Uh she's she's really loving trying to save the day and then succeeding when she tries. Yeah. Um and so far uh she's been able to work with this small group of individuals that have come together and none of us have uh perished. We've come close a couple times. <laughs> that that maze that I mentioned before. Yeah. Um, had a like kind of a magical curse on it, so every yeah uh, part of the ev- course. <laughs> yeah, every every round or so that we went through, um, we had to make a saving throw, and if we didn't, we would lose hit points. Mm-hmm. And some of us were falling, and like basically knocked out, and uh, we had to trudge on. And we thankfully had found some healing potions in the previous uh, arc. And we utilized those. We ran out of healing potions by the end. Yeah. Um. But but we made it. We made it in. We made it out. And uh, that that almost loss kind of hit her pretty hard. But yeah. but she she knew that with perseverance, with uh, keeping in this direction, that mm-hmm. she would get stronger. And her friends would get stronger, and we would be able to protect more. Yeah. Um, I don't know if she's really kind of thought about where she wants to go. I mean, in, she's in eighteen. The grand things. <laughs> exactly. I mean, she's just coming into like, like her adult life, and um, this kind of being a hero happened to just fall into her lap. Um. And and actually, a, a big uh, component of Beyond the Wall is this concept of true names. And after saving the town from the fairies, um, she earned a true name. So she's got uh, Elena Swan as her given name, but the true name had been uh, uncovered to be Luna Arya Swan, uh, which... You know, Moon Arias musical, yeah, yeah Moon Song, um, yeah, Moon Song, basically, um, and she's kind of taken that to heart, that she's kind of destined for something bigger than her family business, yeah, and I think if she can make the world a better place in her travels, um, then then that can only 
produce better things in the world. You know? Yeah. Um, she, she accidentally invited, um, a, what is it? Um, a satyr, uh, like the pan type creature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, yeah, those are satyrs. Yeah. Or fawns. Um, so, yeah, so this, yeah, it was a fawn. It was a fawn. Um, the last remaining fairy th- in this valley that got uh, decimated from this magic war that happened, mm-hmm. um, we, we kind of said, hey, you can live in our town if you want. And he said, sure. <laughs> and... Yeah. And now we've got this fawn that lives in in the city and or on the outskirts of the city, and mm-hmm. uh, people are starting to mingle between like normal humans and fairies. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's she's already creating the difference in this world. Yeah, you know, definitely working to well, maybe not deliberately working, but definitely being an agent of like integration between between groups that sounds like they were definitely like coexisting but not like yeah. intermingling exactly yeah because everybody in town was like oh the fairy you know you you want to stay away from the fae because they'll they're, they're... <laughs> they'll, they'll put your horses on the tops <laughs> of the stable <laughs> that'll never happen oh i guess <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah so she's just trying to to gain bonds and gain alliances um with uh unusual creatures i guess that she's already made three friends that yeah she didn't have before she started um and she's got a best friend in town uh sylvia the fisherman's daughter mm-hmm. um and i still haven't figured out her dad's name yet but that's, that's okay. <laughs> One of these days it'll it'll actually come up in plot. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um but her best friend for a, quite a while and uh in fact we we saved her sister's um life. Her sister was about to give birth, but there was complications and we needed to find the special route um, okay. to to save her life and uh and uh Sylvia decided to join us. Uh, on, on the journey and uh we kept her safe uh and she helped out a bit as well even though she was frightened of mm-hmm. the the battle that we had to go through um but then she don't blame ro- her but then she took one of our horses rode back to town saved her sister's life and then we got to name the baby Ah, yeah it was really sweet i'm I admit, I'm curious to hear what y'all named the baby, considering that there's uh, there's there's three adults and uh-huh. two sub-adults, as I believe they're they're sometimes called Star Wars, uh, uh-huh. with naming rights. <laughs> Let me see. I actually have a note on what we named the uh, the child. Um, I can pull that up really quick. Baby um, Yoba. <laughs> it's actually kind of close. Uh, the baby boy's name is Leban. Okay. I can't remember why we named the baby Leban. It means something in some language, I believe. Yeah. Um, but I can't remember what. Mm-hmm. I mean, <sighs> I, gu- I guess Leban comes before twelve, so. I guess. <laughs> oh, that's funny. I try. I want to say it's. I want to say it's German. 
now it's okay. bugging, now it's bugging me. Yeah, feel free. Go ahead, do a Google. I am going to Google lemon. It can get cut and post. Uh huh. Oh, it means life. Ah. In German. Nice. Yeah. So it, it this game is becoming one of my favorites that I've played. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's things like this, things that the little things that matter in the world. Yeah. That are are really kind of amplified in this this game that I haven't really seen in anything like D and D. It or, from hearing you talk about it, Ryan, it feels like it's a very a very grounded game. Yeah, uh, it's it's very possible I'm getting a skewed reality of the game because uh, my friend is an excellent GM, um, and he might be doing a lot of that heavy lifting, but. Um, all of the mechanical things that we've went through, um, like the random events through town, that's all from the mm-hmm. book. So that's that's all stuff that um, anybody else can experience as well, which is really cool. Okay. That does sound really neat. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend it. Um, we actually, our last session was uh, we, we bought the expansion book for it, which is Long-Term Campaigns. so we actually we we zoomed out of the village and then then we had um all all eight major directions and then near medium or far away yeah and then we got to pick it 10 different places and randomly roll what type of place it was okay and we all got to create details of our our individual places Okay. And then maybe add details to another place later on. Okay. So um, so was this all just like doing setup for places that y'all can go mm-hmm. outside of Swanholm? Yeah, absolutely. So uh instead of like uh my my friend creating all of the like places that are kinda nearby, mm-hmm. it's us saying, okay. Um, over here is the ruins of an ancient goblin civilization that's now housed by bandits. Um, over off the coast, there's this submerged, mostly ruins of something, some sort of building. We don't know what's there, but it looks kind of cool. Have to go and find out. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and what's really interesting about this is when you create a, a place, you have to tell you, you have to tell did you hear about it? Did you see it yourself? Um, or did you learn about it from like a book or a person? Okay. And like, depending on what method you've uh, been exposed to this place, the the GM then rolls a dice based on the attribute that's attached to each of those. Mm-hmm. And if he's super successful, then all the details you gave are 100% accurate. Okay. If he's super unsuccessful, most of the details are probably inaccurate. So you might be going okay. into uh, like something that you don't really know much about when you thought you did. Yeah, like the oh that ruined building that you saw uh, that you you saw or you heard someone talk about because uh, they were passing by it on a boat. Yeah, maybe maybe it's actually a giant magical robot. <laughs> Right, exactly. It just I mean, looks it looks like a building. It could be pretty much anything. Um, and it it's it was so interesting. It went from you know anywhere from 
this is the major city uh, that most of our trade goes through and it's over here to uh don't go to this space because the laws of reality are not good there like Ooh. uh the land can turn from land into liquid land in one step and you would have no idea ah the floor is uh, lava yeah some water could be completely solid like land uh some of the air could be completely solid like a wall um or it could could be like liquid like a water so like the elements are all in this weird state of flux okay and everybody's just like just don't go there it's too dangerous yeah but now there's this neat little nugget of like what if yeah what what if we did go there what would we see and and that's really cool that that we came up with all these cool little details and mm -hmm. and now we have like uh, uh, almost a dozen places, if not more, that we can adventure in that that yeah. we help create. Yeah, that is that is really cool. Mm -hmm. I I am <laughs> maybe not tonight because <laughs> this is a night recording, but <laughs> I am definitely going to have to look up Beyond the Wall because this sounds like a really fun RPG system. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, I I only heard about it uh, last year when my friend uh, said, hey, do you want to play this game with us? Mm -hmm. And I said, well, absolutely, A, because I haven't had an in-person RPG session in years. Mm -hmm. um, and, and B, uh, this sounds pretty cool. And plus, we'll be playing with kids, and I've never done that before either. Yeah. Um, so, like, all these uh, separate experiences are blended together to be something that I have found to be thoroughly enjoyable. Good. I'm I am very glad that you've had such a positive experience, especially because like it I feel like that's a good way to show like what what a tabletop game experience can be like. Absolutely. Um and one of the coolest parts is uh Plinkin's player is an artist. Yeah. So she draws our characters in various situations while yeah. we're playing. And <laughs> that's me. I do that. <laughs> that. That's amazing. Like pe people like that, people like you that add that visual flavor to games um, from a person that's not very artistic at all. It is mind blowing. Like, oh, yeah, just seeing I... that. I believe me, I am I am a big proponent of like players helping to contribute to like the world building and the experience of gameplay. Like, hey, maybe 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 someone who's listening is is not the best at art or art isn't their favorite thing, but like, you know what you can do? Like maybe you can maybe you can help make maps. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can come up with like maybe you're really good at coming up with like the most random fantasy book titles, but hey, mm -hmm. then you've made like, you've made like a, a fantasy novelist for this world mm -hmm. to live in. Oh yeah. Maybe you're, maybe you're really good at coming up with like ambient music playlists, but mm -hmm. now you have something to play in the background during sessions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe, maybe you can make food from in the game <laughs> and then bring it to the, bring it to the game. So everyone has, oh, hey, these are, these are quote unquote, dragon kebabs because of uh -huh. the dragon that we fought last time <laughs> now we are partaking in the dragon kebabs just like our characters did yes 
Absolutely. No, I love that so much. Um, adding that little bit of immersion, uh, but also seeing the characters like uh, being portrayed visually uh, just kind of hits right in the feels. And uh, it's, it, I've gotten a couple characters of mine commissioned in the past and uh, having a character drawn that I've been so attached to. Yeah. Um, was just a remarkable experience when I wasn't expecting it at all. Like so, so thank you to to people like you for doing that. We appreciate the thanks. Uh huh. <laughs> On behalf of all artists that play games, you're welcome. <laughs> okay, so uh, we're probably getting into getting towards the end of the recording, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, so is there anything that you want to say about Alina before I go into the last question for the recording? Um, or episode, whatever. Okay. Um, I think that's, pr I think we've covered a lot of what she's all about. Um, I don't think there's anything um, specific I wanted to go over. So I'm very curious what the last question is. Okay. In that case, then, Ryan, your last question for the episode is, why do you love Elena so much? Ah, <laughs> it's, I think it's because of her, um, kind of, she has this innocence about her, uh, of like everything in the world is, is, can be scary, but mm -hmm. she always feels that there's, there's a way to, to tame the fear effectively there's a way to get out of most situations without violence there's a way to uh make friends where it was perhaps not thought that it was possible to make friends mm -hmm. um diplomacy is is something that she she takes very seriously mm -hmm. and just her willingness to to put herself out there yeah. To to stand up and say, you know what, somebody needs to help, and I I might as well do that since I'm 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 able to I'm in a position to. Mm -hmm. uh, my family's very wealthy, so I might as well use some of that uh, to better the people, <laughs> effectively. What a concept. Uh huh. Uh. It's it's she has to sneak around to do it because she doesn't exactly ask. Uh, she just like my I, you know what? My family's got a cart. My family has some horses. They won't mind. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing the hand wiggle. Listeners like, uh -huh. yeah, it's, fine. it's, it's fine. fine. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Um, but I think her carefree attitude is mm -hmm. the the thing I, lo I love most about her is just this uh she she's a bright point to everybody's day and Aww. and and that's that's something special and something we need more of in this world very true and very well said ryan thank you <laughs> you're welcome and thank you for coming on the show i appreciated having you on well thank you so much for having me this was a lot of fun you are welcome. And so now we've reached the part of the episode where you get to talk about yourself, not your OC. Uh-huh. So, 
Do you have anything that you would like to promote? Any places that you'd like to be found on the internet? Oh, let's see where to start. Okay, so I talked about Character Creation Cast before, uh, the mm-hmm. podcast where we create characters uh, for different game systems with guests across the industry um, and learn about those games and teach other people, other listeners about those games through the lens mm-hmm. of character creation. Um, and we also have uh, uh, player advice, player-centric advice episodes. Uh, there's a lot of GM advice podcasts out there, but not as many player centric mm-hmm. podcast so we like to tailor our advice episodes to the players to help everybody be a better player um you yeah can, so you can check that out at creation cast on twitter um or charactercreationcast.com um we're part of the one shot network so if you're familiar with any of their work you can go to one shotpodcast.com and find us there as well Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that I am working on very diligently and has been a passion project, um, I am creating a Powered by the Apocalypse game called Chimera, which okay. uh, you can find on Twitter at Chimera RPG. Okay. Um, this is a game where you pick two or more genres, blend them together, and then figure out what that world looks like. And then you have to create a character by picking two playbooks and blending those playbooks together. Okay. Um, right now, our genres that we have available for uh, playtesting in this next version is uh, the fantasy genre, um, the superhero genre, and the magical girl genre. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you could be um, a, a superhero. That is also a like a, a wanderer rogue type character. Mm-hmm. Um, you could be a Superman wizard, effectively, if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, you could be um, a magical girl who is uh, an alien from another dimension. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, well, I'm I'm chuckling because um, here's a hashtag non-spawn. Um, several of my friends have a have an ongoing game for their podcast, Cool Kids Table. Ooh. It's called Sequinox, and they're, it's literally their thing about magical girl superheroes who are fighting aliens. So I'm like, oh, that's yep, that is, that is like right down the alley. Yeah. Um, so there's that. Um, yeah. Highly recommend it. Um, and I would stay tuned within the next few months or so because we're um, going to be releasing a public beta uh, okay. Quick start uh, that it will include all the available base playbooks, as well as as well as rules on how to dive into the game and, and create your own world and stuff. So there's that. Um, I also have an itch page at uh, lordneptune.itch.io. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at lordneptune. Uh, you can find me online at lordneptune.com, which has links to uh, pretty much all of my other projects. Um, that mm-hmm. I'm working on. I'm also the sound designer ongoing right now for a one-shot podcast uh, show called A Horror Borealis, uh, which is a Monster of the Week campaign set in a 1996 small town in Alaska at the gates of the Arctic National Park. Huh. Um, and they have to solve various uh, oddities every arc. Uh, Interesting. It, it gets kind of intense at times. It is definitely not family friendly. However, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, being able to do the sound design for it um, as of the seventh arc mm-hmm. is uh, 
just been such a joy, like being able to breathe life into the world that they're mm-hmm. creating and playing in has been uh, super fulfilling. So uh, if you're yeah. able to definitely check that out as well. I, I, th- I, I think that's everything. Yeah. <laughs> that's why when I start my, that's why I have my outro uh, typed up and I pull it up for almost every episode. Uh-huh. Uh, so if you are good to go, then I'm going to go ahead and do that. I am all set. Okay, sweet. In that case, then. The Home for Weird OCs is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. And actually, uh, I'd like to welcome newcomer to the Corner Podcast Network, Not If I Reboot You First, run by guests and friends of the show, Lindsay and Tanner. Uh, the Home for Weird OCs, however, can be found on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Acast, formerly known as Pippa, Stitcher, and hopefully all the other podcast uh, platforms of your choice. If I'm not there, let me know and I will work on getting there. Our theme song is Violet by Pottington Bear, courtesy of the Free Music Archives. New episodes come out on the second and fourth Mondays of the month. If you'd like to get in touch with us, we can be found on Twitter at waywardocpod at gmail.com or through the waywardocpod hashtag on Twitter. I already said that. Uh, And I do currently have a couple of guests lined up for the next uh, few coming months. So feel free to tweet at me on the official Waybird account or send me an email if you're interested in being on the show. Uh, And we can hopefully work on getting you worked into some kind of a rotation for being on the show. However, more, more pressingly... Uh, the next episode that comes out is going to be the 50th episode, which I'm also using as the belated second anniversary of Wayward. So, if you go on the Wayward Twitter account from uh, from March 23rd through March 30th, I will have a poll running to help decide what the 50th episode will be. Your options are going to be a standard Q&A, um, something where the, where whatever, uh, whoever I drag on to help me run the celebration episode, uh, where we make an OC live on air or where I, where I talk about some of my original characters or, uh, writer's choice. But for that one, you have to respond to the poll with your idea. (laughs) So again, that will be on the Twitter through April 4th. So chime in if you would like to help pick out what the episode is going to be. And of course, this is a podcast, and it is always extremely helpful if you can subscribe and rate and ideally also review us on your listening platform of choice, uh, because that helps us to find a wider audience and to write more people's days. So, thank you all for listening. This has been the Home for Wayward OCs, and we hope you enjoyed your stay. Sorry about that. My roommate's baking cookies and I think she dropped a pan. Oh, no. (laughs) I don't think there were any cookies in the pan or else I would have heard a cry of anguish coming Uh up the stairwell. That that would be extremely sad. But anyway. Anyway. Hey, everyone. Christina here with a quick message. So, as I'm sure that you are all aware, uh, the world is kind of a mess right now so instead of having an ad or a promo after the episode i figured that i could go ahead and do a quick roundup of ways 
that you can maybe make your world a little bit less messy and a way that you can make it a little bit less messy for others. So starting off here, I am going to be sharing a link to a Google Doc which is titled Collective Care is Our Best Weapon Against COVID-19. This is a directory of mutual aid networks set up uh, as organized geographically by region. So if you are someone who is in need of assistance for anything, whether it's, you know, someone to get groceries for you or maybe someone to watch kids, or if you are someone who would like to help others by doing things like picking up groceries and watching kids, uh, you can use that to find your local mutual aid network. Uh, if you are interested in making financial contributions to help deal with the effects of COVID-19, uh, you can always donate to various kinds of medical aid or medical relief, uh, especially through organizations like Global Giving and Doctors Without Borders, uh, both of which are doing pretty important work as the global pandemic uh, <laughs> uh, happens, I guess you could say. If you'd rather help out more locally, one of the best ways is to donate to your local food pantry, especially because as this goes on, uh, people are going to be maybe unable to get to grocery stores, and contributing to a food pantry with a variety of non-perishable goods is a really easy way to help out those in your community. You can also always go contribute to your local blood bank. Uh, <laughs> there are some medical restrictions on who is able to give blood, but if you are and you are able, uh, that is always a great way to help. Um, if you'd rather spend your money in other ways, you can make an effort to buy locally, especially from non-chain restaurants and businesses in your area. Make sure that you tip well, especially if you're tipping like delivery drivers and stuff. Uh, and if you're more art inclined, uh, you can always support your local indie artists, um, especially those who have had business opportunities like conventions and concerts be canceled because of COVID-19. Um, and this, I hope that this would kind of go without saying, but maybe, maybe give an extra thanks or appreciation to the people who are working at businesses that are staying open, people that are working at doctors' uh, offices and pharmacies and things. All deserve a little extra thanks during this ridiculous time of the world. If you're looking to get news and information and updates about the spread of COVID-19 or coronavirus in your area, the best solution is always going to be uh, your local government, especially your local health department, as well as nationally for the CDC, the Center for Disease Control in the United States, or the public health agency if you're in Canada, and of course the World Health Organization if you'd like a more global perspective. The final reminders are, please everyone make sure that you wash your hands. I will link to a hand-washing tutorial infographic, I guess you could say, by Lucy Nicely, who made a little illustrated guide of how to wash your hands for the, for the recommended 20-second time period. Um, make sure that you practice social distancing, and that especially goes if you are someone who is frequently in contact with those who are elderly, immunocompromised, or otherwise at a higher medical risk for suffering COVID-19. And, and believe me, I know that social distancing can be really tough, 
um, which is why it's important to make sure that you're still socializing and staying connected with people in other ways, whether that's, you know, through talking through Discord or FaceTiming people or giving people a call to just check on them and make sure that they're okay. And hopefully people will be doing that to others as well. Uh, and I guess the, the last thing that I want to leave y'all with is this is definitely a really dark, trying time. And for a lot of us, this might be the first time we've experienced something like this as adults. So I just would like to remind all of you, like, don't lose hope, okay? This is definitely a tough period for for everyone. But remember that we are going to get through this. And we're not going to do it alone. We're going to do it by working together. So reach out and be a helper. So to borrow a phrase, stay calm and try to be happy.